Hi, my name is Ron Cowie, and I am your host today for another episode of Mead's Meanderings with Father Andrew Mead. In this meandering, Father Mead discusses the importance and relevance of the Ten Commandments and how they are practiced in both New and Old Testaments. As with all things biblical, there is more than meets the eye, and the deeper we travel, the broader the understanding. Father Andrew Mead lives in Narragansett, Rhode Island, where he attends St. Peter's by the Sea. Ordained priest in 1971, he served in full-time parish ministry from 1973 until his retirement in 2014. This recording was made on location in Father Mead's garden in August of 2020. Questions and comments are always welcome, and you can leave them in the comments. If you want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you like what you're hearing, leave a five-star rating and a comment. Sharing your favorite episodes is always welcome, too. If you would like to support the efforts of St. Peter's, consider making a donation. Just go to stpetersbythesea.com and click on Donate. Your donation will help them care for the community and continuing programming such as this. This podcast is created in partnership with St. Peter's by the Sea Episcopal Church and Oyster Farm Productions. Where were we? Well, let's start from the beginning, because we really hadn't gotten going. But why are the Ten Commandments important? The Ten Commandments, why are they important? Uh, because uh, when God sent Moses uh, down to Egypt to lead the people out, he said to Moses, when you've led the people out, you will come back here and meet with me on this mountain. And so Moses, it's a long story, he, he, he does uh, go down to Egypt, he does lead the people out through wonders and plagues and signs and the exodus. And after they uh, are, are wondrous, wondrously delivered at the Red Sea, they come to Mount Sinai. Moses. Uh, goes up the mountain, meets with the Lord who gives him the Ten Commandments. Why, is, why does he do that? He said, this is the deal. Um, you shall be my people, I will be your God. You will live in a way that reflects that you belong to me. You're going to be different from just anybody because you're going to reflect my grace and my will and so out of that come the Ten Commandments. Now the Ten Commandments are the heart and the soul of the whole Torah. There are many many laws in the Torah, hundreds of them uh, and various applications, but the Ten Commandments uh, summarize uh, the relationships between man and God, us and God, and us and others, our neighbors. The first table is about our relationship to God. The second table is our relationship to our neighbors. And uh, you may know the story, Moses comes down the mountain and what does he find? Idolatry, the golden calf, and he smashes the tables uh, which uh, God had fashioned for him. Uh, uh, Second tables are made later. <laughs> Sounds familiar, really, doesn't it? Um, 
but uh, just to go back to those the, those tables, the first tables come down, and that is chapter twenty of the book of Exodus. Now, truth to tell, um, Christians number the Ten Commandments differently. Yes, Roman Catholics and Lutherans number them differently from the Jews, the Eastern Church, the Orthodox, Reformed Protestants, and Anglicans. Mm -hmm. We're going to get over this in a minute because I don't want to confuse you, but, but um, Roman Catholics and Lutherans divide the last commandment about coveting into two commandments. Jews, Orthodox, and the rest of us divide the first commandment into two, which is, I am the Lord thy God, you shall have no other gods but me, you shall not make any graven image. That's one commandment for the Catholics and the Lutherans. Coveting is one commandment for us. The truth is, in the Hebrew text, the, the verses are not numbered. So. How did this division arise? Well, the Lutherans, the Catholics, and then the Lutherans get it from St. Augustine's numbering. St. Augustine of, of um, North Africa, of Hippo, the great theologian. Um, and the Jews follow the text, which uh, has four about God and six about our neighbor, rather than three about God and seven about our neighbor. They all say the same thing. It's the way they are divided. Mm -hmm. Have I said enough about this yet? Because we need to yeah. probably move along about the two tables of well, the Well, it shows the different community, the values. Like, right. we need to get along. I mean, God's pretty straightforward, but we need to really get along. That's right. That That's sense. right. Now, it seems a little bit arbitrary to divide coveting into you shall not covet your neighbor's wife and you shall not covet your neighbor's goods so they obviously are divided over over concupiscence lust mm -hmm. and greediness desire whereas the first commandment actually uh, doesn't sound like a commandment it says i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of bondage you shall have no other gods but me um, and then it goes into the prohibition about um, idols and, and graven images. So you could argue that both communities have, have, have divided these in not inappropriate ways. Um, but let's stick with the way it is in, with the Jews, the Orthodox, the Anglicans, and the Reformed Protestants in our Book of Common Prayer. Four about God and six about our neighbor. And it's very specific. Our Lord, uh, God identifies himself as the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods but me. You shall not make uh, graven idols and images. Um, you shall um, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, and you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And then it proceeds in the six to our relationships to others, beginning close in. Honor your father and your mother. It's the only commandment with a promise mm -hmm. that it may go well with thee in the land that the Lord thy God shall give thee. Mm -hmm. Then there's murder, adultery, 
stealing, false witness, coveting. Have I skipped one? Honor thy, honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not, not kill. Thou shalt actually. What that means is you you shall do no murder because obviously there's killing and there's killing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Yes, got him. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. If you're counting the Catholic Lutheran way, mm -hmm. it's seven of them. Now. It has occurred to me over many years of ministry how much, how important the Ten Commandments are in terms of defining our individual and social behavior in terms of self-control, reverence to God, um, loyalty to our family, and to, and you can go out, uh, Everybody who has interpreted the commandments of all, from Jews to Orthodox to Catholics to Lutherans, say, for example, the commandment about our parents also extends to our community. It takes a village to raise a child. I mean, we are part of a we are part of a social context, and, and we're not just isolated, um, isolated, uh, atomic bits. We uh, we have. Uh, all these relations that shape and form us and they are to be determined by respect order justice generosity self-control and you can see how that runs all the way through the commandments and it seems to me that all decent um, laws are based on those principles but the coming of jesus christ over over my ministry i've, I've realized how much jesus transforms how we relate to each of those commandments, but especially the first four, mm -hmm. the ones about God. Let me give you an example. Well, Jesus has internationalized Israel, mm -hmm. and he has internationalized deliverance. I am the Lord your God who delivered you from sin and death. I am the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So already we have a transformation in the self-identity of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You shall have no other gods but me. Now let's move to the next one. Even the one about graven images and idols. The fact of the matter is, is that the radical prohibition of all images and idols in some forms of Judaism and Islam is very radically transcendent. And... Uh, some Christians are very much this way, but the main body of Christianity has long given itself to pictures, images, symbols uh, denoting our Lord because our Lord brought is the perfect image of the invisible God and he has made God visible. So that's, and this is only the beginning of the transformation. So that's the the one we're not making idols but we are christ is the image of the invisible god and we do well with um, our images in the church to draw people to christ and the saints who draws us to the father we don't need to get a wrecking ball at saint peter's church and smash all those all those images and windows they they reflect the incarnation of christ let's go to the next one the sabbath day um, what day do we worship 
primarily in the Christian church? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And which of the seven days of the week is Sunday? First. Uh-huh. And which day is the Sabbath? Saturday. Uh-huh. There are there is a Christian group called the Seventh Day Adventists mm -hmm. who worship strictly on the on Shabbat mm -hmm. on the, on the seventh day on the Sabbath. But we worship on the first day of the week and have since the very beginning. You can see it. Why? Because early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to Christ's tomb and it was empty and He began to appear to them over the course of that day and later. Resurrection is the Lord's day. And let's go to the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. We don't even know exactly how Yahweh was spelled out because the Jews treated that name so reverently that it was unspeakable. Mm -hmm. That's why in most Bibles you see Lord in capital L-O-R-D. Mm -hmm. Every time you see that, that's Yahweh. Mm. And we don't know what the Yahweh is, Y in English, it would be Y-H. WH, we don't even know the consonants for sure. Mm -hmm. Jehovah was kind of an educated guest, but mm -hmm. guess, but what has happened with the name of Jesus? Whereas whereas in the old covenant the name was unspeakable mm -hmm. because of reverence. Now we broadcast it. We 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 say Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We know his name and address. Mm -hmm. And we are given a commission to, to use that name with all due affection and to spread it abroad as good news. Mm -hmm. So you see how those four commandments each have had a kind of Jesus mm -hmm. transformation because of the coming of God the Son. Mm -hmm. Now, in our catechism, in the Book of Common Prayer, there's a great question after we get to the end of the six commandments about our neighbor, you know, honor your father and your mother, murder, adultery, stealing, false witness, coveting. Now, you know, and I know, that Jesus doesn't just stick to the letter of the law with those six commandments. He tightens it. I tell you, if you hate your brother in your heart, the seed of murder has already been sown with either hatred or envy or some kind of malice. Jesus goes right to that. He does the same thing with adultery. Lust, desire, objectification. Uh, he does the same thing. Coveting is a big thing with our Lord. Beware of all covetousness. You know, he tells the parable of the, one of my favorite parables, this tiny little parable of the wise fool who's got all this stuff all stored up. And he says to himself, what am I going to do? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll build bigger barns so that I can store more up. And Jesus says, and God spoke to him that night, you fool, your soul is required of you tonight. And all this stuff that you've accumulated, whose is it going to be? And then he says, so is it with everyone who is not rich towards God. So he wants us to invest in the spirit, in grace, in love and reverence and not pile up stuff that somebody else will, you can't take it with you. So all of those commandments, Jesus tightens up as it were and goes right to the heart of the matter. And at the end of all of this in the um, catechism, there's a question, it's sense it says, 
since we do not fully obey them, are they useful at all? <laughs> and the answer is, well, that's the answer. Since we do not fully obey them, comma, it shows how much we need a redeemer. Mm. So we talked about St. Paul and another meanderings. St. Paul somewhere, I think it is in, I think it's in Romans, but it, it, he, he would have said it in more than one place. He says, the law, the commandments, are a schoolmaster unto Christ. Since we do not obey them, they show us our need of redemption. Mm -hmm. In other words, they drive us to seek refuge in the grace of the Savior. So the Ten Commandments are useful, first of all, in that way. But they're useful in another way. I don't. I, I think earlier in these meanderings, I said that um, the covenant between the Lord of Moses, the Deliverer, the Lord of the Exodus, and His people Israel is that they, you shall be my people, and I will be your God. You and your behavior and your outlook will reflect my grace and goodness. We're going to show a family resemblance mm -hmm. if I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. Well, the same thing applies and goes even further, doesn't it, with mercy and grace with Jesus. The mm -hmm. body of Christ mm -hmm. is going to show the grace of the head of the body. Mm -hmm. So where do the Ten Commandments come into this? Well, they, they are guidelines to redeemed behavior. Mm -hmm. We... We follow them out of gratitude for salvation. Mm -hmm. uh, Episcopalians don't have to. It's, uh, what do we say? All, all may, none must, some should, in terms of making confessions. Um, it's been my practice all my ministry. Uh, when I rehearse myself and how I've fallen short, one of the things that I do is I go down the Ten Commandments in terms of my worship and reverence and devotion. Mm -hmm. And then my relationship, well, my parents are now on the other side, but my relationship to my family, mm -hmm. to those who, for whom I'm responsible and community, and then I go down all the, all how, um, how have I behaved? How have I felt? How have I thought? And uh, I take a few notes mm. on my self-examination. I don't usually stop there. Um, I go over the character faults that you can find in, oh, if you go over the deadly sins, you mm. know, pride, anger, mm -hmm. lust, greed, gluttony, envy, sloth, How's my character shaping up? And you, you get a pretty good picture over the past several months of how things have been. It's good, um, it's good soul therapy mm -hmm. to take stock. I heard a uh, speaker say one thing. He was talking about inventory. Yes, I was just thinking of that, inventory. Said, if you're having a hard time doing it, here's a suggestion. Get your, get your family and maybe your business associates or whatever close friends give them all a pad of paper and say we Ooh. have we have this step in the program where i have to take find my character defects and i'm having a hard time do you think you could help <laughs> boy it's like ouch yeah 
Well, it, what he said, and it's interesting, he said, a lot of us, you know, they could give us a really, you'd get a really good start, but a lot of us wouldn't take that meeting. Not that, because we don't want to know. Or it's right. not even that we don't <laughs> think that there's anything you can do about it. Like, yes, I know, and there's nothing that can be done. Now, what about that? So you've broken all the Ten Commandments. Let's kind of lead into, you know, like... We've broken all the Ten Commandments one way or the other. Mm -hmm. What do we do now? Well, we don't cloak them with the Lord. We, we, we lay them bare. And, and, if, and if we need to make any kind of um, restitution with somebody or make peace with somebody, we should go do it. Uh, I've been thinking about, you know, some of those, some of those annoying sins that seem seem like you're, they're your life companions, mm -hmm. your best friends, haha, mm -hmm. you know, your buddies. What do you do about that? Sometimes, in your uh, inventory and in your confessions. It's the same old, same old broken record. Why not just give up? There's nothing I can do. I keep interrupting people. I do this or that or whatever I do. I'm, I'm self-absorbed. I'm, I worry about money or security, I get angry at people who disagree with me and irritated. How can they be so dumb? Mm -hmm. Why not just forget about it? I read something some time ago that really brought me up short. It was a, a moral writer named uh, Jeremy Taylor from the um, from the 1600s. Uh, he was an Anglican bishop in, um, in England and Ireland. And he, he said these sins, where we are, we're tempted to throw up our hands and uh, give up, quit, he said we should still continue to confess them. He says, because at least we are raising a protest against them. We are telling the Lord that even though these things seem so habitual, so ingrained in our character, nevertheless, we object to them. Mm -hmm. We have not made peace with them. We are, we are not just giving up. Mm -hmm. We are trying to do better. We're still... So we lodge a protest. Mm -hmm. I thought that was excellent. And um, it bucked me up. Uh, because, you know, I've been, I've been a penitent for almost 50 years. It does get to be the same old, same old sometime. Mm -hmm. Why don't I just send in a tape? It's, what's the difference? But I, I think that point of I'm raising my protest and, you know, the emphasis and so forth changes. And also, there are different ways to approach this and look at this. Um, for example, 
instead of concentrating on the negatives of how I have violated the commandments and how I have exhibited the seven deadly sins, turn it around. Look at the virtues that these things are meant to uphold. Mm -hmm. Generosity, courage, self-control, reverence, kindness, forgiveness, patience, prudence. Draw a picture of the, in my case, the Andrew you would like to grow up to be, the one you believe God created you to be, the person you also believe Jesus redeemed you to be. Mm -hmm. Draw a picture of that in your soul and see how you can strive a little more towards that rather than focusing on the, the, the negatives. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can approach the same problem different ways, and I've done that. Mm -hmm. uh, over the years in my in my spiritual life in my prayers and in my taking of inventory which is so important painful but but you know in the in the world that we live in Ron it's a fallen world and therefore if it's a fallen world then the most creative thing that any of us can do is turn again to God repent mm -hmm. that's what that means turn again turn back So the Ten Commandments not only show us the need of, of redemption, but they are also a guide to life after baptism, salvation, redemption. Mm -hmm. And we can look at them more positively that way through Christ, mm -hmm. I think. Well, you don't have to look at them alone. You don't have to look at them alone. They are the, we hope, that they're the, the, they're the descriptions not just of this individual, but of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. The members of which we all need for fellow encouragement. Mm -hmm. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Well, that's one of the reasons why I go to church. I go to church to worship God. I need the, I need the reinforcement of saying the words in the company of my fellow believers, of receiving the sacrament, uh, of hearing Holy Scripture read out. But I need their presence too, to know that I'm, I'm only one and we're all here together. And if you start to neglect that and you get yourself isolated, it seems to me you're, you're, you're not in a good place, the isolation. That's where this COVID business has been such a, mm -hmm. such a challenge. Uh, people are afraid, afraid to go. But there are ways to go with the distancing and everything else and with things that are online that's not ideal, but it's an awful lot better than nothing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and coming to church is possible. Uh, you just have to show consideration for other people there. Masks, distances, mm -hmm. courtesy. There was a thing that came out from Bishop Nisley on this very thing just this week, which said we haven't we haven't emphasized the vir speaking of the Ten Commandments and the seven deadly sins and the cardinal virtues. We haven't lifted up temperance, self-control, mm -hmm. as a, he, or he says he sees people ignoring, you know, ripping the masks off and mm -hmm. getting in people's faces and getting close. It's not it's not very self-controlling not very temperate. Um, that's an important, an important virtue that we use out of courtesy 
for one another. But we need to, we need that church. That church isn't just a kind of Sunday option for me. It is, it is, it's that, it's that commandment. Mm -hmm. And um, it's uh, right up there near the top about being in fellowship with the Lord through Christ. Mm -hmm. Does that wrap it up? Sure. Okay. I like it. You have been listening to Mead's Meanderings, an original production of Father Andrew Mead, St. Peter's by the Sea Episcopal Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and Oyster Farm Productions. If you never want to miss an episode, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you think someone you know would enjoy this podcast, feel free to share it with them. Also, we welcome your questions and comments. If we can do something better, let us know. Until next time, thank you.